Welcome to this episode of Group Thinkers. I'm your host, Justin McCord. With me, as always, is Mardi Gras' own Ronnie Richard. I say that because we were just mm-hmm. talking about Mardi Gras and Ronnie's his role in, uh, in Mardi Gras. Okay, Ronnie, so here's the thing. We would not be sitting here doing this if it weren't for the two people who are joining us. And so what you may or may not know is that the seed, the idea, and the initial push around RKD having a podcast came separately from these two, uh, our two guests today. (laughs) So uh, I I remember sitting in New Orleans, actually, with with Charles LaHosa, VP of technology, uh, sitting with him at a restaurant in New Orleans and talking about you know, the place that, you know, what we do and, and how, um, you know, not only are we, you know, this um, marketing and fundraising agency or services firm, but, but how we feel this burden to bring innovation and, and thinking into the space and help guide clients. And, you know, Justin, what you should really do is you should, you should get a podcast going for us. And so uh, that was probably 2016, 2017, somewhere in that time frame. Uh, and Amanda Lawson, uh, Executive Vice President of Donor Experience and Innovation for RKD Group, has long since been, she's actually one of the OG podcast listeners. Uh, and so yes. she, she, uh, she helped create this vehicle and uh, help us get support and resources towards us even being here. So Ronnie, you're in the presence of like the Eternals of group thinkers <laughs> today. They're, they're like the Titans. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, so welcome. Uh, on each and every episode, we have someone who is doing something new and innovative that's thinking differently. And for my money, could not pick two people that I've been able to spend the better part of the last 10 years with that do things differently and think differently and, and push us out in the space. So welcome. Charles and welcome Amanda to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, so today's going to be fun. So uh, we are using this conversation to launch a uh, a season's worth of content and episodes that's around digital advancement. And so one of the first things that we're going to have to do is unpack what the heck that means because it can get awfully buzzy. And so we want to help understand and make sense of that for our nonprofit marketer audience. And, uh, and so that's, that's really where we're gonna spend a lot of our time today uh, as a part of this episode. At the beginning though, um, you know, I, I love having everyone explain their journey and talk about how they got to today. And uh, I know both of your paths, but uh, I want our audience to get to share in those. So Charles, if you would give us a, uh, give us a snapshot of uh, your path into nonprofit marketing. It is. It's definitely a, a twisted road. Um, I I got started in technology in, in 2001, uh, joining a technology startup and um, took some twists and turns, as I think everyone does in their career, um, have a lot of commercial agency experience and went out on my own and um, eventually met the folks that have become RKD Group and, um, you know, am having a ton of fun uh, here. I've been at RKD Group uh, since 2013 and I've been, I still learn something every day. 
it, it, it also helps being in this space and digital it means that you are always learning and always, uh, you know, having to rise to the new challenges. Yeah, that's uh, and, and I remember I remember the day you came in. We have learned a lot of things since 2013 along the way. Uh, Amanda, uh, same thing for you. If you would share us, share with us uh, your background, your journey and and how you've got to today. So it's a long journey as well started with just wanting to be in an agency, just an agency environment. I think I've always really liked fast paced, what's happening next. And that seemed like the place to go. Got in direct response just because that was that was what was available, right? And I was like, oh, sure, that sounds great. Um, started and spent quite a few years on the offline side, um, learning about envelopes, learning about production um, and everything that was happening there. So I really started at the ground up setting up letters, doing all those things. And then decided after that, you know, um, it was a time when everybody was moving into the digital space. And I was like, what I want to do? I want to, I want to, I want to go do that. It was at the time we were all actually leaving to do startups, you know, and that seemed like a great idea. Everybody loved to do a startup, right? So did that, that did not work out for me. Um, but, but there was a great learning experience, like right off the bat, learning about startups and technology and what was happening next. So um, from there, really came back into the agency space, but this time from a digital perspective. Started right at the time where digital was taking off as a channel, and it was literally a channel. It was like you had a website and you had some email, and it was like, how did you make sense of that? From there, uh, really moved into media and just kind of I, what I love about the space and serving nonprofits, which I've been doing for, for many, many years. Um, the idea is that it's always changing. It's never the same. We're always trying to figure out how best to augment and do things differently. And, and the exciting part about it, just raising money for those organizations and the mission that they have. So I've had a, like a, um, a lot of opportunities to work with amazing organizations and from there really just expand out and innovate from there. So that's a short version. I, uh, I also remember the, uh, the day that we met. And, uh, and you know, the, it, it's clear, Amanda and Charles, for both of you, it's clear from the first time that someone talks to both of you that they gather your passion for helping nonprofits and your passion for the use of, uh, of digital and technology to do so. So that's why Ronnie and I felt it was so appropriate to have you two be a part of this conversation to help us lead off. We are now approaching almost the two year mark of you know the start of the pandemic i think we're we're technically past when the the uh, the the name uh covid-19 was applied to this mysterious and growing uh virus and so we're past that but we're nearing the moment in which things kind of changed in a number of ways for nonprofits and while digital has been growing for nonprofits over about a 20-year period, it has found another gear in the last two years. And so, you know, all of a sudden, nonprofits have been thrust into space where they have got to focus more on digital tools and think about how to digitally connect with uh, their existing donors and prospective donors because of that acceleration of the use of technology in all of our lives over the last 24 months. So that's the framework for, for me and how I think about digital acceleration. Would love for you to, to just give us a, a, a snippet of 
how you think about uh, digital acceleration, Amanda, and and honestly, where 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 a nonprofit can begin. Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and it it really varies, right? Uh, digital acceleration depends on you as an organization and where you are. And one of the things that we talk a lot about is digital maturity. So where are you? Because at that point, um, you need to evaluate kind of foundationally where you are and how you can move to the next step. Most often, and what we often recommend is that you're taking incremental steps. You're not going to go from A to Z um, overnight. So it's about taking stock with where you are. So for some, that means taking advantage of some of the amazing advancements in technology to make things easier for you, to really truly understand what's happening at a baseline level. For others, it's truly just understanding your donor and saying, do I have contact information where I can communicate in other channels, whether that's a mobile phone, which is critical today, or an email address that's accurate, and then do I have the tools to utilize them? For others that are more advanced, it's really taking that next step and looking at the donor's um, individually and saying, how can I create audiences and how do I utilize all of the amazing digital channels that I have along with the offline channels to really augment that overall experience for the donor? And that's where it gets really exciting because that's where you see it really take off and um, just surround sound um, for donors. So that's what that's what my recommendation would be. It's appropriate to, to just say, okay, let's start with where you are and figure out where you are. Charles, the pace of digital seems to be so breakneck that I find it hard even at times for us to figure out where where we are in terms of you know that that maturity scale. So so talk to us a, a little bit about how you wrangle the pace based off of where you are. That's what's fun about this industry is where you are now. Digital is is kept on moving and it's it's there's already something that you need to learn about or catch up on you know taking a quick step back on the the pandemic that kind of forced everyone to become a little bit more digital to be you know adjust being remote being more in tune to this hopefully not being stuck on mute <laughs> like I was uh, but you know being involved in in the digital space uh, you know means that you're looking at measurement and um, the changes to that, the changes to data privacy, which as we've seen, you know, can be at almost an everyday pace, at least in 2022, if you're looking at, you know, what's going on with EU and GDPR and Google Analytics, what's going on with iOS updates and how they're impacting Facebook and how you learn about how they're impacting Facebook's valuation <laughs> and their business model. And then you learn that, you know, Google, Google and Android has, is doing a very similar update. Uh, on April 1st of, of this year. And so how to uh, stay, keep up with it? You know, uh, as as a technologist, I take I look at it as my role is to, to kind of just embrace the hurricane <laughs> that is change. But for everyone, they have their passion point, right? Some people love email. Some people love digital media. Some people love digital analytics. And so you're going to find those pockets within your organization of folks that have are able to keep up with uh, their <clears throat> niche space within digital, within their uh, their channel within digital, and then there's the the experts that you need to uh, identify with and uh, identify and follow through podcasts like this, 
through blog posts, through Twitter, et cetera. There's, however you consume content, there's experts out there that are providing you with uh, materials and updates every day on SEO, on data privacy, et cetera. And so I think that's where if, if you're, in, you're in digital, if you kind of have a love for learning because it's, it's what you knew from 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, is very, very different today. And so, you know, we're, we're to really do it well, you're not, a, you're not always, you're not trying to be in a place where you're reacting to it, right? You are uh, really trying to see, look enough farther enough ahead to say, okay, that's where things are going. Here's how we get ready for it. And yeah, some things you're going to react to, but it's really uh, trying to make sure that you can see the big, the big changes coming up, like cookie lists, uh, et cetera, that uh, we need to be prepared for. It, so it sounds like, so based off of or what I'm gathering from the combination of your, your comments is that it's important to establish and know where you are right now, and then don't try to get way ahead of yourself in other words just take one step like that's digital advancement is as simple as taking a single step forward and then another step and then another step you don't have to jump from the foundational to automated machine learning with personalized content and web3 you don't have to make that sort of leap right that's right. That's right. Uh, baby steps, crawl, walk, run. What works for your organization? Rarely what works is changing everything at once. And so advancement and transformation uh, every day, the smaller steps you'll probably find more success in. It's, uh, you know, maybe as a part of our, uh, as part of organizations going through their annual planning process, whenever it comes to digital, they should take time to watch and uh, revisit What About Bob? and the uh, the book Baby Steps, right? So yeah. Baby Steps, Baby Steps Forward in Email Marketing, you know, Baby Steps, Baby Steps Forward in Web Personalization, Baby Steps Around Data Privacy or Data Collection, those things. You know, the other thing that we talked about when we were thinking through this conversation was that it is, uh, you know, it's, it's like the couch to 5K, right? So if you're not a runner, you don't, Generally, you don't get up and run a 5K or half marathon or marathon in your first go about your neighborhood. Uh, you know, there are some outliers, but uh, you build on it and 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 you constantly uh, change or evolve and take a step forward. And so, Charles, talk a little bit about how you measure that incremental gain and its importance to understanding your program and your donors. That's right. So the the incremental gain is um, as if we can continue baby steps for just a second. Um, it's not all or nothing, right? And it rarely will be. Uh, so the incremental gain will be setting your yourself some milestones and goals, so you can see are we are we making the right progress? Are we getting there? With you know cookie lists, are we have we inventory our first party data. Do we have a plan, right? Communicate internally with your stakeholders, start with a plan, make sure that you're communicating with your partners, uh, make sure you learn their plan. And, uh, and so that, that's how you would first start out. And then uh, how are you going to execute? As you mentioned, uh, the, the, the genesis of, uh, of this podcast of the of group thinkers, ideas are fun. They're also cheap. Execution is what matters. And so um, that's that's where you need to be able to make ensure that someone is accountable 
for for that execution. Someone that there you have owners within your organization or at your partners that will ensure that hey, we've hit these milestones, we're moving on to the next one and, and that we are ready for change. And it's it's not just identifying what those, uh, you know, those reporting metrics are, but it's also understanding that those metrics should be, I don't know what, Amanda, tools? Like they, they've gotta be something that you can use and, and and make sense of and build on, right? Yeah, I think that that honestly is one of the biggest challenges or opportunities. And I like to look at them as an opportunity because there's so much data that you can gather now. And from advanced analytics, you know, that we have through Google to, you know, and Charles is always telling us about a new metric that we should pay attention to. And so which is really exciting because we are looking across, you know, the very detailed metadata all the way to you know, your basic factors. And the reality is it's not about those. It's about making sure that you're looking at it combined in a combined view and then developing strategies. Why the data? What are you going to do with it? Because otherwise, and also there's such um, an opportunity now to look deeper into the data, not to just understand kind of superficial facts, but identifying which one of those facts is important, which one should you hone in on? And it's different for every client too. And then from there, you know, what's the strategy that you're developing that's going to help you move forward? Um, data for data's sake is really just kind of noise. And that's what I think is super important is kind of nailing it down and determining the priorities. I love that. Measurement is one way where you can, uh, or being centered on, on measurement in a measurement framework and plan is one way to help organizations be prepared for change, right? The data, the KPIs that's important to your programs, to your your donors, your communication. If that data is at risk, if that data is changing, sort of like who moved my cheese? So you're you're more likely to to, uh, keep up to date with changes that impact uh, your data, uh, whether it's direct mail, digital, uh, the the omni-channel, and so that's that's a, a really good, great place to start. Yeah. Amanda, you kind of mentioned, you know, it's about starting where you are and assessing your digital maturity. A lot of the things we're talking about are, you know, things I like to think of as maybe a larger organization, you know, things that they're looking at. What about a smaller, like a regional or a local organization that has a limited footprint and is also maybe not quite there yet? What what advice would you give them? Like, where should they be? Where should they be getting started on this process? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And I think that's the beauty of digital is that it's accessible to all, right? And it's just a matter of like, where do you start? Um, and so like to tie it into the metrics, it's like start beginning to say, where are you? You know, first of all, make sure that your website is is user-friendly, that it is um, it doesn't that doesn't mean complicated or a lot of information. That means can people find out about you in a simple way? And can they make an easy donation? People are used to easy and they're used to good user experience. So can they do that? Fundamentally, before you start really trying to drive more traffic to get more people to engage with you as an organization, your front door is your website. So I would say initially make sure you're doing the foundational elements well. Make sure that you're able to capture basic information for your visitors and your donors alike. Make sure that you, at a baseline, are getting an email address. You are 
you have appropriate tracking set up on your website so that you can know is what I'm putting out here valuable? Is anyone listening? Am I making an impact? Am I making progress? Um, so it's like starting with those very baseline things that's going to make you successful, putting into place the metrics so that you can understand what's happening. Um, I, I think to tie in also is that the metrics are going to tell you when it's time to move on to that next incremental step, right? Do you have your baseline technology? You know, like for most people, it's looking at um, their website and saying, do I have an open source tool that I can get people that are easily around me to be able to make an impact, right? Do I have an email tool that I'm able to understand that somebody even opened the tool? You know, is it deliverable? You know, some, some, some baseline starting there is I think an important. And then from there, you can utilize those metrics to determine, hey, I need to develop more content. I need to I need to map out my communications through multiple channels. I'm at a place where I can add mobile and texting into the conversation to specifically those people that are um, drawing nearer to the organization. So it's it's really starting where you are, making sure the foundations are in place, and then from there moving forward. So so you mentioned tech stacks and and. You mentioned expanding on channels and expanding on content. Charles, like, where do they start when it comes to tech stacks? I mean, should they be looking should, like these, again, going back to a smaller nonprofit, should they be looking at, hey, we should be getting some new tools that are more effective or should they be looking at what they have now? Uh, what do you think? Here's here's a couple tips then for for those, those organizations. Uh, should you be looking at new tools? A really easy answer there would, or would a really easy question to ask after that would be, is this for a new channel, right? So um, let's say you're you're you have an email program, you you have a website, you've got a fundraising online fundraising platform. Do you have uh, a, a method or tool to communicate with your donors uh, via WhatsApp or Instagram or you know these other? social communication channels, these other social apps, uh, maybe you don't yet. And so that's a really good indicator. Um, that's an easy way to determine, do I need a new tool for this? If you aren't expanding into new territory, new ground, you really want to assess your current tools as, as many, many organizations are not quite using their tools to the uh, maximum uh, you know, capability, to the, to, what, to, the, to the full opportunity that they have available. If you're a small organization and you know you're using Pardot, chances are you're not using the Pardot scoring or the Pardot tagging or uh, the Pardot journeys to their fullest. And so, would uh, recommend that you bring in an expert to assess and audit. Like, yes, full audits are very, very helpful and valuable, but maybe uh, you know just assessing a single channel, a single tool will also be helpful to allow you to understand, is it time to move to the next tool, right? Are, are, there are not very many people uh, in this industry that all they do is buy software, and right? So that's a challenge for uh, many individuals uh, that we work with. Buying software, what's the right software that, that I uh, should have? Why should I replace tool A with tool B? And, or when should I replace tool A with tool B, right? And so having an expert help you assess and audit that tool and help uh, you determine what are your requirements, okay? If this tool actually is limiting your program, your donor experience, then yes, we absolutely want to replace it. But what do we need of our new tool beyond 
a new feature beyond uh, you know something new in addition to like, hey, my program has these requirements. So really having a an expert that can help translate your requirements so that you can check all of the boxes of your new tool. Um, you know, too often we we are invited into a meeting where uh, someone wants to hear about, you know, I'd like to talk to you about tool XYZ. And we go into this meeting and we're like, hey, we just signed up for tool XYZ. What can you tell us about it? We're like, oh, okay, so <laughs> why did you sign up for this tool? What was the reason for maybe moving to it? So yeah, it really, do you need a, a new tool? Is it, are you going into new territory? Are you going into a new channel within digital or your program? Mm, that's a really easy way. You can't go wrong really, right? Because as you're learning that new channel, you can re you're really determining what your requirements are. And so that may not be your new tool for very long, but that's where you're really determining what does your organization need from that tool in the future. So certainly an, an educational and training element, you would say is involved, like making sure you understand what you're getting from that tool. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I don't think the uh, frontline team members are really involved enough. Uh, we understand why, but the people that actually use the tool uh, would recommend that you can consult with them and hear uh, how they use the tool. What you'll often learn is that uh, people have their own human workarounds. Oh, uh, this, this tool's always been broken. I just kind of do my own thing over here. Well, that's, let's make sure the next tool uh, does not require that same workaround as, as people are more resilient than tools. So, hey, this tool had a blocker, this tool was broken. I just created a, a my own process and I, I kind of, it, I spend hours every day uh, working around this thing. So, uh, you know, that discovery, you know, is, is uh, that's often the kind of hidden debt uh, in, the, in the tools that we, we have today. And so while you may not want your frontline team members, the team members that are building an email to decide on, you know, is it Salesforce Marketing Cloud or is it Adobe Marketing Cloud or is it Pardot or is it MailChimp? You wanna know what their requirements are, how they work with your current tool, what are their limitations within the current tool um, so that we're not, you know, breaking something works really well so that we're actually solving, um, you know, some of their problems today with uh, the new features of our new tool. You know, Charles, I think that that's so important what you talk about technical debt, because I think most of the time when we go in and we're talking with organizations, they have invested in the latest, coolest tool, right? Or they've invested in what they thought was the latest, coolest tool. And unfortunately, they sit in little siloed places most of the time with different people working on them that they're their, their project and their, you know, tool set. And what happens is it's so important that all of these, as you bring on new tools, that you integrate them holistically with all of your other tools to make sure that you are looking at all of the information you have about your donors, your constituents, your visitors, whatever it might be. And that's an often overlooked kind of aspect of tools. The, you know, the thing that strikes me in, in hearing both of you share this idea of incremental improvement constant evaluation and accountability to just moving things forward the maybe the hidden thing is uh the value of outside perspective and uh and so this isn't by the way a commercial for outsourcing or an agency partner you could easily take it that way and you know obviously we all think that's a good idea but that's not why we're here to talk about that right but there there are uh, there's a reason why if you're ill you go to a doctor you don't just continue to live in your illness or ailment 
right? Then and there's a there's value in having that outside perspective at times or that expertise from a third party to just weigh in and help evaluate and give you some thoughts and ideas that can either help you get the most out of your existing tech stack, right? So that then you can focus on what are those metrics and how can I take a step forward or help you uncover where you may have some gaps in your tech stack that may be inhibiting your ability to advance as rapidly as you could. Right. Love that thought. So, you know, for ARCAD team members in, in many of our, our nonprofit partners, you know, we we're talking about conferences, right, to, and our peers, asking our peers what they're using, um, going to conferences and learning. Now, can you attend every session at a conference? You know, dare to dream that you can do that. Would really challenge uh, the, the listeners and our nonprofit partners to, um, yes, attend nonprofit conferences, but branch out. Branch out, don't, don't just stay within our bubble. Look at conferences um, like the Marketing Analytics Summit. Look at the AWS uh, Summit for nonprofits. Look at what Twilio is doing. Look at what you know, some of our commercial cousins are doing around you know, marketing technology, around analytics, around uh, customer experience. As, as the customer experience often translates to a donor experience really well, and while we do want to know what works and doesn't work for our peers, um, let's let's hit the easy button and, and uh, you know learn from their mistakes and avoid what what doesn't work. But let's also realize their their data may be different. They, the rest of their tech stack may be different, and so some of the things that that maybe were not successful for them may have been also you know hey that that tool didn't have an owner. And, and so that tool was implemented by by someone that had 12 other jobs. And so, um, at, you know, the rest of the we have a lot to learn from our own industry, but taking a look outside of our industry and seeing what uh, others do, are doing in the commercial space gives us a peek at what's coming for uh, digital in uh, the nonprofit industry as well as as we often the nonprofit industry often kind of lags behind a little bit what has happening in the commercial space. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice, Charles, because I think that, you know, seeing what else is out there, looking at it from a customer experience. I mean, I know, Justin, you and I talk a lot about customer experience and what that means and how that translates. But there's definite there's definite correlation. And that's a, that, that's great advice. No, it really is. And uh, and it, it's it's also one of the reasons why, uh, you know, Ronnie, I'm excited for this season as we advance the amount that we're talking about digital advancement and some of the guests that we have planned for the season who are doing things in the social media space that's different, who are doing things with crypto in terms of, you know, crypto for nonprofits and who are uh, not necessarily on the bleeding edge, but maybe two steps in front of us. And so I think that, uh, Charles, to your, your point, there's a value and a benefit of seeing what others may be doing that are just ahead, as well as those that are a lap ahead. And so we're uh, we're committed to this season bringing uh, that variation of uh, thinkers to uh, to the show. So we're excited about that. As we uh, as we wrap up our time today, uh, you know, we always want to make our guest accessible 
to the listening audience uh, if they have conversation that they want to have outside of this, if they've got questions, uh, if they just want to network with either or both of you. And so um, how, Charles and then Amanda, how can people contact you? Where can they find you? Uh, you know, where, where can they get in touch with you? Well, do I have to give the address to my cave? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Hemingway. Yes, you do. So, you know what? Um, I, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I'm not active on Twitter anymore. Uh, I am active on LinkedIn. And um, actually, I have my own uh, experts that I follow on LinkedIn. And I find that very, very convenient for me. And so uh, when I've spoken at uh, conferences in the past, every now and then I'll have someone reach out via uh, LinkedIn message and connect to me and say, hey, that was great. Thanks for sharing. And um, they would maybe share some of uh, their current challenges or what they have going on. And so I uh, would uh, point you to my LinkedIn as maybe the, the a, a convenient social place to find me. Um, if you're ever in Kansas, please let me know and, and would love to uh, have, a, have a cup of coffee with you. Um, and I'm not sure if we're, we're giving out email addresses. No, that's fine. Yeah. LinkedIn. Um, just, your, just your home address. I think you just left off your home address specifically. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, you I can mean, do it with longitude and latitude. If that if that's an easier way for you to point to where in Kansas you are. He 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 does do a mean tour of his of his of his place there. So I would recommend that. I highly recommend that. Um, definitely easiest place to reach me is through LinkedIn. I think there it makes everything accessible and easy. So that's the best place. Awesome. Well. Uh, you know, you two are two of our favorites, and we are supposed to say that to everyone, but we don't have to I mean it. Every say, time. I think I've heard you say it. I think I've heard you say that before. We, we don't have to mean it every time. So um, okay, we right. we we appreciate first your ideas because uh, you know, like I said, we wouldn't be here doing this if it weren't for the two of you, and uh, and also just your commitment to uh, helping everyone ourselves included take a step forward every day so uh thank you both for being on the show uh thanks to everyone for checking out this episode of group thinkers and uh and ronnie is there anything else we're supposed to say i don't think so i think we say bye unless you want me to order a full-scale audit of all of rkd's processes and tech stacks because that's what i've learned you need to bring someone else yeah. from the outside yeah i i think you're, i think you're supposed to say share with a friend Please rate and review. Share, right. share, subscribe. I thought you were gonna say <laughs> laissez bon temps roulette. I thought that Let I thought bon was... temps roulette. There you go. All right, there you go. That's that's all right. All right. Ended on that. All right, all thanks, y'all. Thanks. Group Thinkers is a production of RKD Group. For more information, visit rkdgroup.com slash podcast. Special thanks to our production team, including the talented Ryan Mellinger for his work on mixing every episode. Also a shout out to the content team that helps pull together research and guests, but it's the marketing efforts behind group thinkers, Suzanne, Ronnie, and others for their work on this and every episode of group thinkers.